1: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm sitting here in my own house, minding my own business. Go back! Huh?
2: What? you been? I don't think you can. Oh, I've been a having a hell of a time. Uh, when I'm, when, bad. I'm, bad. when I'm,
1: bad. I'm bad. And a question oh, and a period. Proceed with the execution. Get
0: out of my it's way, because, because I've got a man waiting
1: for me. You owe everything. It's you own everything is yours. You have everything.
2: Welcome to High Camp, where my guests and I watch the old queer movies that no one else is talking about. I'm your host, Brian Rucker. Thank you for listening. So, let me give you a little backstory on the books that inspired me to start this podcast. In the 1990s, Leland Publications, a small press in San Francisco, released a gay film guide called High Camp, written by a middle-aged librarian from Duluth, Minnesota, named Paul Rowan. In the book's two volumes, Rowan reviews over 400 movies from every era of film history, from the 1910s through the 90s, most of which are forgotten today. Rowan was never a professional film critic or scholar, but he has an encyclopedic knowledge of all types of movies. His reviews are witty, bitchy, idiosyncratic, and highly personal. He focuses on movies he identifies as having intrinsic interest to homosexuals, and he defines camp as... Any brazen triumph of theatrical artifice over dramatic substance, camp is a phoniness that glories in itself. More essential still, camp is funny. The humor derives from a certain ironic discrepancy between the results and intentions. So that's as theoretical and academic as I'm going to get on this podcast. If you want more, read Susan Sontag's essay, Notes on Camp, or search hashtag MetGala2019 on Twitter. At the end of his introduction to the first volume, Rowan writes, The reviews contained in this book are, first of all, intended as entertainment. There is also, however, a wealth of information to be found within these pages. Among younger gays, I find an alarming ignorance regarding many of the films and personalities so vital to what should be our precious shared history of gay camp. I have therefore written this book as a handy guide to the best, or should I perhaps say the worst, that gay camp has to offer. In 1993, I was 11, years away from coming out, and I had no knowledge of the collective queer movie culture that even then was being lost. Between the rise of home video and eventually streaming, the fall of repertory theaters and the corporate consolidation of the studios, the lack of film preservation, and the AIDS epidemic that killed the generation of gay men and trans women who would be passing this information down to us, almost 30 years later, Rowan's prediction came true. We are ignorant of this history and losing more of it with each passing year. I'm going to try to watch and discuss as many of these movies as possible. For a lot of people in my generation, and the generation even younger, camp movie knowledge, if you have any at all, begins and ends with undisputed classics like All About Eve and The Wizard of Oz, or reappraised cult movies like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. But there are so many other films big mainstream hits and tiny weird curiosities, glorious masterpieces, and a lot of unwatchable trash that are still available if we seek them out. I want to gain a fluency in the stars, directors, and genres that generations of LGBT people grew up on, idolized, reviled, lusted after, and laughed at. If you're listening to this, I guess you do too. High Camp Volumes 1 and 2 are the product of a middle-class white man growing up in the 20th century, with specific, though pretty omnivorous, taste. So his list is incomplete and not meant to be definitive. Rowan's list is very limited in terms of women-led films, and even more absent of non-white directors and stars. A lot of the movies are going to be very racist, sexist, and homophobic. Unfortunately, that's a major theme of Hollywood and society in general. Rowan also makes a point that he hasn't included what he calls quote-unquote serious gay films, like Parting Glances, which was an AIDS-themed indie hit in the late 80s. Philadelphia, which was winning Oscars right as High Camp was being written, was also left out. Some more highbrow recent movies are included, like Todd Haynes's Poison, which he liked, and Gus Van Sant's My Own Private Idaho, which he hated but I guess there's a prurience to those new queer cinema titles that he defined as camp. Obviously, as I said before, this list is very subjective, so if I feel like talking about a movie not written about by Rowan, I will. Some other omissions that surprised me. Grey Gardens is nowhere to be found, and I wonder if it built its camp icon status later than 1993, I first watched it in college in around 2003 when a guy I was dating showed it to me, and it was definitely in the gay cult canon by then. There's also no Barbara Streisand and no Liza Minnelli, but maybe they were such huge mainstream stars to Rowan's generation that they didn't yet qualify as camp icons. Probably the two stars with the most entries in the book are, no surprise, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Definitely the most recognizable classic Hollywood camp icons to modern audiences, even if most people under 40 can't name more than a couple of their movies. Crawford and Davis are followed by Marlena Dietrich, Mae West, Judy Garland, and Carmen Miranda. The male stars most often referenced are almost totally forgotten beefcake dudes like Gordon Scott and Steve Reeves. Remember them? Who appeared in lots of Tarzan and Hercules movies in the 50s and 60s. I don't know if this is indicative of their star power back in the day or Rowan's particular taste in men. There are fewer musicals than I would have expected. I guess musicals were such a mainstream genre that a lot of them wouldn't necessarily qualify as camp or even like especially gay to people of Rowan's generation. A lot of schlocky thrillers and melodramas fill the list, and there were tons of sword and sandals epics, some westerns, monster and sci-fi movies, and a few European art films from gay directors like Pasolini and Visconti. A big genre that seems to have almost totally gone away is the juvenile delinquent movie, which I guess Rebel Without a Cause is the most famous example, and Rowan includes a lot of in the books. By the 70s, there are more explicitly gay movies from John Waters, Derek Jarman, and a few others, and Rowan even includes some long-form narrative porn from the 70s and 80s, which I'm excited to see. 1994 is the last year covered in the second volume, and he includes Tim Burton's Ed Wood and John Waters's Serial Mom, two campy movies I really liked as a kid as well as a pair of Kevin Sorbo Hercules movies, which I have yet to see. The list ends right before a new wave of mainstream queer-themed content. As I mentioned earlier, Philadelphia had just come out, and we weren't far away from The Birdcage, In-N-Out, Ellen, Will & Grace, as well as the glut of 90s indie gay comedies like Love, Valor, Compassion, Billy's Hollywood Screen Kiss, and Trick. I wish I knew what Rowan thought of them. And of course, this is way before the big queer award-z movies that are increasingly common today. What does Rowan think of *Brokeback Mountain*, *Moonlight*, *The Favorite*, and *Call Me by Your Name*? Would he be totally unimpressed by Ryan Murphy's *American Horror Story*? What would he even make of Sean Baker's experimental *Tangerine*? Would he roll his eyes at the earnestness of *Love, Simon*? Would he think *Booksmart* was funny? Also, is he even still alive? Does he still live in Duluth? I cannot find any contact info online, and his publisher looks to be out of business. So I guess I'll just start doing this podcast and see if he gets in touch with me. I'm obviously not going to do like a Finding Richard Simmons, but if you do know him, tell him to give me a call. I'd love to talk to him, seriously. So I want to talk a little bit about the first movie that Rowan said he saw in the theater. Um, He was nine years old, and his parents took him to Sudden Fear, a 1952 thriller starring Joan Crawford, Jack Palance, and Gloria Graham. He said it ruined him for life. Maybe at some point we'll do a full episode on Sudden Fear uh, if, you know, someone wants to talk about it with me, but I just want to read part of Rowan's review for the movie just to give you guys a sense of his writing style because it is really, really funny um so here goes sudden fear presents us with joan crawford in the role of a successful broadway playwright who's in love with a younger man the concept would seem to have been inspired by all about eve which featured betty davis as a successful broadway actress who's in love with a younger man his name is lester and he's played by jack palance they meet when she has him fired from the cast of her latest play because she doesn't feel he's handsome enough Owing to his pasted-on Mephistophelian eyebrows, we can't help but agree with her. But then they meet again on a cross-country train trip during which Jack engages Joan in a game of stud poker. By the time they get to San Francisco, she's got him playing bridge, her game of choice. They wed, but then comes along Gloria Graham, Jack's old flame. Initially her intention is to blackmail him regarding some unspecified scandal which transpired on Fire Island. In Cherry Grove, perhaps? Thanks to a dictaphone machine, which was carelessly left running overnight, Joan discovers that Palance and Graham are plotting to kill her. She resolves to get them before they can get her. This movie won Joan an Oscar nomination, probably on the basis of several lengthy wordless passages in which she mainly acts with her huge bulging eyes. Camp interest resides in the absurdly violent fantasy sequences. Joan imagines Jack smothering her with a pillow, shoving her off a skyscraper, and setting her up for a spectacular auto mishap. Then she imagines herself shooting Jack dead and pinning the deed on Gloria, who is dragged away to the gas chamber, screaming. A pervasive mood of dark deceit marks sudden fear as a film noir. Jack and Joan have numerous scenes in which they address one another lovingly, while inwardly hating each other's guts. Hey, I know a lot of marriages like that. So, okay, I read the full review. Uh, I... Don't know if I'm going to read like the full review of all the movies we talk about because they're all I mean, they're all like a page long. They're not super long, but I do want to more just get going, like talking to the guests I have about um, our experiences with the movie. But I just wanted to get you a feeling for like the type of reviews that Paul Rowan wrote and why uh, they just captured something. And I love reading them and learning about movies through um, his lens. So. This was just like a little introduction to the podcast, not a full episode. Um, hopefully, we will start releasing our episodes within the next week and uh, we'll talk about lots of cool queer movies. In the future, I might have some social media handles for the podcast, but in the meantime, um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RuckerBry. That's R U C K E R B R Y. And I'll keep you guys updated before the episodes are released on which movie we're going to talk about next. Um, so if you want, you can watch along. Most of these movies hopefully will be available to stream somehow. You might have to rent them. There might be some really obscure movies that uh, we have to like buy or rent DVDs for from the library. Or um, maybe send away for, for them on eBay or something. But for the most part, hopefully everyone will have some access to the movies so people will be able to watch as as we watch them. So thank you guys so much for listening to this. I'm really excited to do this podcast. I've been wanting to do something about uh, old gay movies for a long time and I was just looking through my bookshelf and I had these books and I thought this would be just a fun way to do it and a great way to pay tribute to... Uh, Hollywood history and to Paul Rowan who I don't think has gotten the recognition that he deserves as like an early queer film critic so thank you guys I will see you next week and talk to you soon